Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about a professional's mindset and actions. Mm. And this is not just talking about obviously being like a pro, which we hear about all the time, a pro bodybuilder, but Mm. how you show up like in one area is usually how you show up in many others. And I think it's so cool. Like I've been watching the Olympics and I just love watching their mindset and the way that they think and the way that they train and function and have navigated all the challenges over like the last couple of years to get to where they are. Mm. And I think it's just so inspiring when you can see real life examples of professionals in their chosen area or sport or like passion, whatever it might be, absolutely owning it, like owning their wins, owning their challenges, owning their losses, um, and just showing up as a true professional. I love it. I love it. Because yes, in life, there are people who are born with a natural skill set. But if you have a look at anyone who is successful in their area, whether it be sport, whether it be their craft, career, painting, music, anything, there are underlying common traits okay but they're working through those adversities and and all of that so not everyone is just born amazing professional successful okay it's a work in progress but we've highlighted some of the common traits uh that successful people have and i think it's you know a really cool episode to to work through so i'm excited yeah, for sure. So let's get straight into it then. Jumping up at number one, um, to do anything well and to really exceed in one area, you really need to do it out of love. And mm-hmm. I just like you hear it all the time, like do what you're most passionate about. It sounds so cliche, but it couldn't be like more closer to the truth because when things get hard, you have to genuinely love what you're doing. And this goes for sport, business, work, like anything you have to actually love what you're doing to stay committed to the process oh yeah because if you're devoting most of your life to something you have to want to love it otherwise you're not going to enjoy waking up and living your day-to-day life and that's a real shame and you don't have to you know deem what society or do what society deems as successful and amazing you know you could have your job you know you could be doing anything selling flowers you could be you know a garbage man love what you do man every service is needed okay so bring that love and passion into your day-to-day not every day is going to be happy sunshine and rainbows but you know really own your craft no matter what it is Mm, do it out of love yeah and I was actually having this conversation with um, a business coach on another podcast and he Mm. was saying there's this big stigma around in business for example that gotta grind gotta hustle gotta do all these things to really bleed for your business And he was saying, like, if you're actually passionate about what you're doing, the grind is not the same. Like, no Mm. one should be grinding, 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 hustling, pushing, push, push, push. And that really landed for me because when I was working at the hospital, I would get home from work from an eight-hour shift and be exhausted. And I was Mm. like, oh. Not that I didn't like love working with people, but it was just a different type of work, different type of environment. So I'd get home and I was physically like gassed, you know, Mm. normally that was my normal, you know, that's why you'd live for your days off, et cetera. Um, 
Whereas now, like, sometimes I can do like 12, 14 hour work days and struggle to be like, when part, when was I actually working? Do you know what I mean? What what part of that was work? So my definition of hard work or like what, how I feel experience work is just so different. So I think that underpins as to why we have to have that actual love and that passion for something to pursue it professionally or be like a number one at what you do, because to do that, it requires relentless work, not relentless suffering. I love that relentless work, not relentless suffering. And that's brilliant. And that brings into our next point, you know, show up every day, no matter what. Okay. We can't be one of those people who brings all of our life problems to our clients. Okay. Yes. We may have just had a fight with someone at home and then we have to go to work, put on that face, show up. Okay. You might not be feeling a hundred percent, not saying if you're you're sick, you know, stay at home, but if you're just a little bit under the weather, show up. Up, okay, you need to be that face, that authority. You need to be that leader. Okay, yeah. you've got a job to do. Show up and do it. Yeah. And I also want to um, expand on that a little bit because something that I have struggled with over the last six months is, especially with social media, you got to show mm. up on your good days and your bad days. And that sometimes that's hard, right? That's really hard. Like I recently had an uncle who passed away and there was like a lot of um, personal family matters going on. Mm. And there was a big part of me that just didn't want to be on social media, of course. But then I almost felt like, well, you know, I do have to still show up here. And whilst I don't have to be this like energetic bubbly Sherelle that, you know, is usually around, it's sort of part of it when it Mm. comes to the work that I'm doing. Like it's sort of that authenticity has to come through. And, you know, that was for me, it was almost like a bit of a realisation where it was like, you know, this is the hard work that, whilst I don't have to share everything with social media, I have to be honest. And, Mm. you know, if I'm flat for the next week, I sort of want people to know why. I don't want to, like, hide things. And not everyone chooses that either, and that's totally fine as well. But, yeah, I just think when it comes to showing up, you have to have your own boundaries of what that looks like for you. And, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, again, sorry that you and your family had to go through that. It's... um. Never, never an easy time, but I do recall, you know, you did talk about it. Um, you know, the platform that that you have, both of us have, we are very open with what's going on in our lives and we've chosen that. Uh, we feel as though we share a safe amount. Um, we both have our days where you don't, you want to lay low a little bit, but people really uh, relate to what we have to say in our highs and lows, what we're struggling with, what our wins are. Um, so it is important to still, you know, acknowledge that we're not always on the high. There are lows, but we still record our podcast. You know, the amount of times that right before the podcast, we've felt, you know, a bit flat. We've had to give each other a talk and a pep talk. Then we press record and, you know, away we go. That's what's kept us in the game for the long term. Yeah. Do you remember when I lost my voice at the start of the year? Oh, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> On two separate occasions, I've never had anything That's like right. this before. But like a big component of my coaching business is the work that we do in group Zooms. Mm-hmm. And I lost my voice to the point where I couldn't talk. And guys, mm. y'all know I like to talk. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I would rock up like so. Oh my god, the group calls. I'd come to you. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Oh so god. then I had to like get one of my other coaches, and that was hard for me because when the buck falls, it falls on you as a yeah. business owner, and you know you've just and this it made me incredibly resourceful and look at other things and ways of doing things and getting other people to step in and help. But awesome. 
it, I couldn't just call up and be like, I'm out. You know, yeah, seriously. <laughs> and that was a big realization for me. We went to the Gold Coast, remember? And I was like, cool, okay, just get through rest. Oh, that's have time right. And training and <laughs> yeah. show up, like fucking show up. Yeah. So, definition, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Absolutely. Um, and then another one that I really had to work on uh, with my work with Michelle recently in the art of noticing was don't over identify with your titles because. Mm. When I was doing a bit of work in in AON, um, Michelle sort of asked me the question, well, okay, if you're not Dr. Danny, the osteopath and, you know, the WBFF competitor and whatever, who are you? And I felt sick. I didn't know how to answer that question because what I sort of realized last year in lockdown, I had used my work as my identity because I didn't really get to explore all the other fun sides of me. It was just, you know, work. And then I really just got stuck in that, which got me great success in that element. But then I was kind of lacking, you know, the relationship side, the playful side again. Um, So it was a big sort of, you know, awareness to not over identify with your title. Yes, you that is a part of you. But we need to also explore the other areas, we can't have that prime attachment to our job, our sport, Okay, you hear athletes that get injured and then they, or, you know, even locked down with the gym, we identify with being an athlete. Oh my God, I don't know who I am anymore. So it kind of is a bit dangerous as well. Yeah, I went through a very similar thing um, when I shifted away, shifted away from nursing, where mm. I went through like a bit of like an identity shift, because especially when mm. you do something for so long, you know, when it's all you've known, when you actually haven't considered the alternative, um, you do sort of like, wear that and Mm. I came to sort of my own realizations of like you know I'm more than that and that's just like you said like a part of me it's Mm. not who I am as a person and I also realized that you know I had this unique opportunity that I could take the things I loved about that part of me and have it in something else you know Mm -hmm. like working with women and helping others and caring and working in health and fitness like I was still getting those components of that part of me yeah uh, but now just having it in a more fulfilling way that I'm sort of driving the ship as well so that was really cool for me to sort of be like well I'm not nurse Sherelle and like you said I'm not just Dr. Danny like you know I'm Sherelle Grant and there's multiple Mm. parts of me and at the end of the day, that's 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 the thing that people resonate with the most. Like mm. they're also um, when it comes to competing, because I know this a lot of athletes go through this, like yep. athletic identity, right? We yeah. establish that as a professional or as anyone does. Um, for me, like I never really had an athletic identity until I started competing. You know, I was never really an athlete in anything. So my, I guess, development of my athletic identity wasn't until I was in my early 20s and I'd started sort of, you know, training properly for things and doing that. So yeah, we all establish that. And I can guarantee that everyone in here has an athletic identity, but oh, it's yeah. not just who we are. And mm. that's, you know, I'm so so aware that that's going to pass as well. Like when you have kids, you can't just always base your like your body 
as like your success. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really well said. And to truly live a fulfilling life, like we have to explore those other sides. And, you know, we always talk about dialing it up and dialing it down. It's been really cool for me personally, you know, when I moved to Sydney, found a relationship and all of that to be able to dial up the other side as well. But, you know, it hasn't affected my work. I just, you know, as a woman has been, have been able to explore those other sides of life. And now I feel like I'm living a more fulfilled life just because I sort of recognize wow I'm really over identifying with that professional side where's the other part so yeah yeah, it's been really cool to play with yeah super important super important um and moving on so you we dedicate ourselves to mastery and mastery can look different for everyone but basically I guess from my understanding it's really being a student in something and really like leaning into something and never having an ego that you've made it and that you know it all and that you're the you're as proficient as they come but it's Mm. striving towards getting better yeah and recognizing that we're not going to be a black belt straight away okay we start at the bottom Mm. of the ranks and it takes repetition it takes patience practicing your skill it's like for example you know people playing sport or a tennis player they practice their serve thousands and thousands thousands of time in the gym thousands of reps and repetition and practice and practice it's an art it's like a meditation almost you you have the job you know what you need to do and you practice the same thing over and over and over again that's how you get good at it yeah and even in martial arts they say on average it takes someone like 10 years to earn a black belt oh there you go it's incredible to think that you're not going to be at the top for at least 10 years. Yeah. And that's yep. why um, like martial arts and those sorts of um, sports are so, I guess, like stoic, you know, mm. they, they have this, like <laughs> you, you, you're humbled, right. As I a love white, it. As a white belt, like mm. you get, you show up, you get owned and you get served. Yeah. And, and like, even Eugene, he's like started, you know, BJJ and martial arts and stuff. And he'll tell me, he's like, just, you just get absolutely owned every time you show up. Cause you're never the best. You're never yep. the best. And mm. that's great for people. Like it's allowing them to like lean into failure, um, yeah. especially. And I don't know if you notice this, but a lot of people like with their training, right. You eventually master a squat. And I feel like a lot of people, start to get bored with like just deadlifting and squatting and they might go into these things like martial arts or study something else or like start learning about you know society and economics and they'll lean into other areas and that's a true professional right they master something and they're always looking for the next thing to get better because the skills you learn in martial arts are going to come over into your training and vice versa and this is how you all like compile just who you are and your identity from multiple different areas. Yeah, yeah, really well said, but then also being mindful to not change too early, okay? People want to learn a squat, but then all yeah. of a sudden they might do martial arts too early, you know what I mean? So recognize that to truly be good at at a skill, you have to practice it again. It's like, again, a tennis player, if you want to be good at tennis, you've got to play tennis, okay? You yeah. can't or start. master it. Master, master it. it, yeah, yeah. On, you know, a lot of yeah. people might get that like a lot of people that have been training for like 10 15 20 years you know I sort of think I'm like that's a long time to be like bodybuilding right like you sort of it's very repetition whereas things that you know like a lot of sports and stuff like that 
they might be competing against other people. They'll be doing different things and there might be more room for progression in something like that. So yeah, that word mastery and that skill, like it just shows up in every area of our life. It's really fascinating. Yeah. There is something stoic about it, isn't it? It's a mindset. It's a dedication. I love it. Um, And that, yeah, again, leads into the next one. It's committing to the long haul. Okay. Recognize that mastering something or being a professional again career-wise or sport-wise or just your attitude it's a way of life it's not a short-term thing okay so you have to recognize well hang on a minute my results are not going to be instant they will take time Mm, yeah I was um playing around on my phone the other day like thank god for all the photos you have when from like 2015 2016 like recognizing your own glow up but I was like putting them next to each other on the layout app I'm going to do a post on it. I'll probably be done cool. with this episode's out. But right. it's like something crazy, like my fucking 200-week transformation. Like, I love that. You know, like everyone's like, ah, oh, 12 weeks is my transformation. Amazing. But you know what? This took me fucking five years. Actually, that's cool to hear it in, in that way, 200-week transformation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, like, try and sell you, that product. <laughs> did you accidentally put a two in front of that 16 or is it one, no, 200 fucking 16-week transformation? And yeah. You know, as if I ever put up a before and after and someone comments on there and says, how long did this take you? I already know that they're in it for the short term. Yeah. They're already asking, how long do I have to suffer? And Mm. that's just the wrong mindset. You know, you never do that because I'm sorry. And I'll say, oh, you know, it's probably six years between this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The answer people want, but it's the truth. And I I love it. I want people to know that, that like whatever comes easily is lost easily. Like if you get a result in six weeks, it can be gone in freaking three weeks. Yeah. You get a result over five years, it's probably going to take you like a couple of years to lose it. The same with like lockdowns, like the muscle mass that you've built over the last couple of years is not just going to fall off you, right? Correct. And, you know, I think we've used or I've used this example before of people getting the result very early that they haven't really developed the skills in order to handle like people winning tats lotto going Mm. broke or someone yeah again winning money buying a really fast car and crashing the car you haven't earned those skills you haven't been able to handle the mindset around it or or known how to handle that success so to want to have it early it's also a trap because we haven't become the person who can handle having it so enjoy it not everything's going to be handed on a silver platter okay we Mm. have to earn it yeah and you see this a lot in um like celebrities you know like (sighs) avici comes to mind and you know not just physically handling things mentally psychologically oh don't open the conspiracy theories around the avici but okay i know what you're trying to say but i could go down a rabbit hole on this (laughs) (laughs) even though danny like people that earn a pro status before they're ready yeah you know you might be ready um, sorry, you might you might um, be the best on stage to get a pro card, but you not, might not be ready to compete at a pro level, mm-hmm. you know, and it's humbling, isn't it? Because you're oh, no yeah. longer a master in that division, you're at the bottom. And that sucks <laughs> because then you can only compete against other pros yeah. or even, you know, in, in any sport as well. And then it kind of comes up. If you're given a pro card too early, mm. you're staffed because yeah. you're not up to par. So then you can never really enjoy your competing experience again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, even I'm sort of getting to this funny stage with competing where, you know, like we can only compete once a year if the shows actually happen as a well, pro. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if I don't suit the wellness division, that's it for me. Do you know, like I'm done. That's I'm so done. true. So, you know, you've got to recognize it as like a long haul 
there is you don't want the end thing you might think you want the end thing but do you like Mm. do you actually because to me it might be a full stop that might be it for competing if I don't suit wellness I suit nothing um and it doesn't mean that the processes I don't love them I don't commit to them it's just it's just the end you know and yeah yeah so that's something I've been reflecting on too I suppose you have to, and it's really important, but um, are you still, you know, I'm still enjoying the process, even though I'm not competing. Are you still enjoying the process? It'll be, well, yeah, you're kind sure. of in that middle unknown ground, so I can enjoy it because I've finally let go. Um, but yeah, yeah, how are you feeling about it all? Yeah, like I, like I said, I would, I'm doing the process fucking yeah. regardless of the show. Good. Um, but I guess the end just looks different. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I've never competed um for the process like if that makes sense like I do the process regardless whether there's a show or not so I guess it just means that if I don't actually suit you know a category like it's like playing a sport that I'm not really competitive or good at yeah um, and spending all the money on the end thing when I can just do the process and the diet and I can do that like I don't lose anything and I really don't strongly identify myself as a bodybuilder oh my god it's all coming out today I just don't you know it's something I love to do um it's like it's a part of me it's a big part of my athletic identity Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't be devastated if I didn't suit because that would just mean that Sherelle doesn't suit you know I'm not trying to mold into something it just not doesn't fit so and that's okay yeah yeah and I'm probably won't ever compete again to be honest (gasps) it's all coming seriously mate i'm nearly 30 i gotta start for me not saying that age is a number blah 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 you can compete whatever age you want but for danny my life's taking a different path so it's cool you know enjoy the process identify with other things um Mm. just go with the ride that's what i've learned yeah yeah you just have to yes i think we should should we change the level up picture (laughs) Oh, we got to change that damn picture. Well, we were going to take another one when we compete in October. Yeah. That's not going to happen. What, we're going to have a photo of us? Yeah, who knows? On the we'll couch, I reckon, with a cup of coffee. Level up HQ, mate. Yeah. Well, you know, and this was actually a big part of why we called it Level Up. Like, level up. Like, you level up in multiple areas and not just mm-hmm. on stage. Like, even though we talk a lot about um, competing because it's a big part of our identity especially 12 months ago right like Mm. it's not that it's not there anymore it's just that it's okay to change directions and outgrow certain situations and navigate and pivot and you know daddy and Sherelle are still daddy and Sherelle like I don't feel insulted or like I'm letting myself down or that I'm not valued by society because I can't put a physique on stage that suits a criteria and I will never ever ever like change myself for a category like I'd never yep. lose muscle mass to fit bikini for example because I love to train and mm. that's more of my athletic identity than what competing in a bodybuilding show is and that's a true professional mindset definitely um not having to mold yourself for that okay obviously we do strive for a result but then if it's going against your morals and and values then yeah, only an amateur would compete when they don't want to. Only an amateur would say, oh, well, I have to fit this mold in this box. So mm. that's really noble of you and, and really cool to um, be aware of it because, mm. you know, we need to learn in life when to push and pull, save our energy or when to go full steam ahead. I feel a lot of people are just going full steam ahead and then they kind of realize they don't want to anymore and then they just keep going. 
Well, no, it's okay to pivot, as we've mentioned in one of our podcasts before. Um, yeah. So yeah, watch this space for the rebranding, maybe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the next one moving on is accepts and works through fear and adversity. And I guess we've sort of spoken a lot about that, but things come up and, you know, there's always going to be challenges. And I know we've said this in the past as well, especially with prep. It's not a matter of like when shit hits the fan or if shit hits the fan, it's when, yep. you know. And that's a part of the learning process, to be mm. honest. There's got to be frustration. There's yep. going to be a bit of adversity and there's definitely going to be challenges. And the professionals make it through it. They actually don't try and go around these things. They go through it. They yeah. go, okay, well, how can I do this differently? How can I make this easier? Like, what can I do? How can I work on myself to make sure that I can strive towards mastery? So, yeah, working through fear and adversity, leaning into yep. it leaning into it and fear's always going to be there. I mean, before I present, I still get butterflies or you you do something, you know, um, something that even not for us now, but you'd go on a date or for people, you still get those butterflies. Like the event is still going to cause those feelings and that's good. It's because it means you care about the thing. So we must always recognize that we're going to get those little nerves and those fears and the the limiting beliefs, but that's good. We need to use that as our compass and gear us towards that action. Okay. So embrace that, own it. Don't let it paralyze you because Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it would be naive to think, oh, you know, Sherelle and Danny never feel nervous about anything or it'll be naive for us as individuals to think that well no the feelings arise we own it we we sit in it but we just do the thing that mm. brings them on yeah for sure i've been reading um david goggin's book can't stop me I oh he's called. next level isn't he? Yeah. he's a full-on yeah i thought i had adversity right and then you just like get some perspective and you're just like okay growth mindset you know, how do I, how do I navigate through these challenges and uses them as lessons? You know, there's no such thing as mistakes. There's just lessons if you actually mm. learn from them as well. So yep. you know, there's usually a lot of positive things that come out of adversity. So it's important to lean into it. Lean into it and, you know, accept no excuses. Our excuses always sound better in our own head. So then when you're saying it to someone else, you know, you just sound silly. So if you put something off today, it's going to be double as hard tomorrow yeah, okay sure. so just just do the thing do, do it do the thing yeah absolutely and pull yourself up you yeah. know i'm such a big advocate there's nothing more empowering than pulling yourself up on your own bullshit being like far out Sherelle. like come on you know <laughs> stop lick sucks and bites right like mm-hmm. pull yourself up on those little excuses and the little stories and those narratives that show up that seek the path of least resistance because we're all human at the end of the day and we're all naturally going to want to do it, but it's the professionals that identify it, can see it, recognize it, change it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a really big one. And you also have to be in a space to accept that because some people are just going to tell themselves excuses, excuses. and I hate it. And If it, someone tells me the know. same excuse over and over and over and over again, I'm just, I can't deal with you anymore. Nah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell me yeah. a couple of times and we can work, even as a friend. I don't know. It's just how I am. But if you're telling yeah. yourself the same story 12 months later, no. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And oh, this is something that I sort of deem as like whether you're coachable or not. You know, for certain, mm. if you just show up with excuses all the time, you're uncoachable. Luke hates mm. it when I use that word, but it's when I interview people, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Are you coachable? 
Yeah, you're going to do the work. Are you going to be a student? Are you going to listen? Are you going to accept failure? Are you going to like learn from lessons? Are you going to do these sorts of things? Or are we just going to make excuses that we've been doing for 10 years? Yeah. You know, and it's super important because like I said, I don't know what made me come to that realisation, but once I was like, excuses, like where else does this show up? You know, if I make this Mm. excuse for this, like where else am I letting the ball drop? And that yep. was a big realization for me. And I think actually competing really helped me with that because there's no, like, there's no getting around. If you make excuses, you don't make it, you know? <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. There's no room for excuses, but what I love and, and think is really important to recognize, okay, let's just use the gym. For example, it's Monday. Normally you train legs, but you don't, you, you feel, you know, not well rested. You didn't sleep well the night before. Okay, there could be the time that the excuse of, oh, I'm too tired, and then you never train. Or, you know, recognize today I don't feel like training legs, but then come up with a plan of action. I will train it on a Tuesday because then I will be more well-rested, okay? So it's not really an excuse, but it's just molding it. So there's a difference between just using an excuse and giving up or hmm, recognizing, okay, today I need to change my game plan. There's a big difference. Yeah. I think the biggest difference as well is intervention. So Mm. if you have a plan in place, it's so different to making up excuses on the spot and pivoting for the sake of comfort. And the thing I think of is food. So a lot of people might like, you know, over cater on a day and eat more than they should. And then have to suffer the next day to pay it back, for example. Whereas if you know that you've got an event coming up and you've pre-planned throughout Mm. the week and you've managed it and blah, blah, blah. One, we experience less guilt and shame and all those sorts of things because we're planned for it and we feel more content in doing that parts of us. Um, But yeah, I just think the other way is that it's a better strategy rather than having to like freaking pay back calories or like what you said in the present moment being like I don't want to do my cardio I'll do it later like we make yep. these excuses for ourselves but it doesn't actually benefit us mm. in terms of strategy or outcome it makes us lean away from um, from discomfort yep yep perfect um and another one so recognizing your limitations so asking for help and feedback okay oh. we you don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none okay so recognize well okay this is my lane this is what i'm good at i'm going to expand on that in the areas that i don't really want to do i don't know some people you know we all have accountants or admin no, i'm going to um hire out or yeah. you know have a team recognize <clears throat> okay that's a limitation of mine i'll get someone to help me i'm not going to yeah. try and do it all yeah, I was about to say, I think I'm a jack of all trades. Like uh, in terms of my coaching, I have like a lot of different areas that I lean into. But then when you gave but that Luke example. Does think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, like I am, I've am. i learned that lesson the hard way as well. Like <laughs> there used to be a fierce independent part of me that was like, yeah, you will not do anything with anyone else. You'll just coach yourself and like be really good Actually, at everything. Actually, I remember you saying that you'll, yeah, you'll never have another coach or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. You learn the hard way. You, you learn, learn the hard way with that. Yeah. And I think um, the biggest thing that helped me overcome that was that realizing that you do better with other people. Oh, you know, you yeah. can actually like the your potential is out of this world if you mm. collaborate and outsource and make yourself better as a result and I even think of um you know I'm I'm so grateful for the opportunity and the environment and the people that I get to surround myself with like I'm so grateful for that because your environment and you know your top five or your top 10 is just so powerful to 
making you level up. <laughs> oh, how good she's dropped um, it in. Yeah, but I just think of like past environments or like, mm. you know, different situations, it pulls you down. And, yeah. you know, if you can surround yourself and outsource and have these other people who are also innovative and inspiring and, and also striving towards mastery and professionalism, of course you're going to do it as well. Oh, yeah. You embody all of those traits and you learn from people. Okay. Mm. It's not just, there's so much help that can be given to people where we need to sort of steer away from, you know, tearing other people down yeah. and, and attacking <clears throat> people <throat> because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to help people because mm. that's why we're here on this earth to help one another and to connect. So if we spent more time focusing on how can we grow teams mm. to, to help more people, then it would, the world would just be a better place. But yeah. You know, unfortunately though not everyone thinks like that (laughs) oh there's so many little i call them little fleas that just come up and try and nip you and attack what you're doing it's like get off (laughs) yeah the little fleas they're just everywhere but it's okay i've got my flea spray yeah the bigger you get the more fucking fleas grab on i fucking tell you they turn into leeches oh not even like you oh no it's that's a come on no, no, I can't even go there. I can't. Do you know what a locust is? Like a, the grasshoppers? Lotus. Like a, lotus. Oh, sorry. no, that's the flower. No, locust. Yeah. I think oh, locust. Sorry, I've confused. It's like in the country, I remember we had these plagues of like grasshoppers. Oh. They were just fucking everywhere. And that's just all I could think about when you're saying that. Because they're everywhere. You actually swallow one. And oh, God. It's all. That's yeah, the world locusts is everywhere. That's the world we live in, right? And yeah, you're always going to get negativity and you're always going to get these things. And you know what? I don't know if we have this here, but the, the professionals and the masters can just block this out and just stay focused and move forward and let these fleas and fucking grasshoppers do whatever they want. (laughs) Put your flea net on and your locust net. You can come in my net. Yeah, it's a small net. Let about only five or ten close people in your net and everyone else can worry about them. But they're going to be just flying around in circles. We're walking through the the forest. Wow, this is getting really (laughs) animated. Let's move on. Um, But it is in our points of self-validation. So don't take other opinions personally. Like if it's an opinion of some that I care about, it hits Mm. me in the heart, mate. I'm a human. But if it's someone that I know like they're struggling in their life and they're a little bit erratic and emotional. It's still not nice, but I don't take people's opinions personally because it's just a reflection on where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. It has more to do with like their own insecurities, beliefs, boundaries than what you like, what yours do. And mm. something that um I like, I did have this little practice that I've, I've did. I, it's called a square squad. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, Brene Brown. I was yeah, listening to Daring Greatly actually on my walk little, yesterday. Was it? Is it Brene Brown that yeah. that spoke about the square squad? Yeah, in Daring yeah. Greatly. Yes, mm. yes. Your mm. little square squad. So basically, you get like a you know like a one by one centimeter square and um you the amount of people you can write on that square is in your square squad and they're the only people you take um critical feedback or criticism i should say wow. constructive feedback from so you know you might get five people on your square squad and yeah. that's it everyone else no one else's opinions matter in terms of changing the way you do things changing practices changing beliefs opinions etc so really that. important to identify like Who's on your square squad? You know, it's going to be obviously like maybe, maybe your family. And I say maybe because it's okay if they're not as well. Like we don't get to pick. um, It's not as easy as getting rid of all the toxic people because unfortunately that could be family members, you know, Mm, and that's mm. quite common. I want to say that that's really common to have family members that maybe don't align with you, siblings, like, you know, 
family. So that's okay. It could be like colleagues. It could be your partner, could be a best friend, could be mentor. You know, you're just having mm. a select handful of people that you take critical feedback from. Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like I would need a couple of different squares for different scenarios. Like, because oh, I don't yeah. talk, I don't talk to my family about work, or I wouldn't. You have certain friends, whoops, that you go through to for different yeah. things. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a really cool idea with this um, the square on who you take feedback from. But then I would also like to explore a little bit further. Like these are my square squad of of people mm. who aren't into fitness or who yeah. this and that. I sort of group people in different things. A lot of people um, think that we need to tell everyone everything. Nah, mm. don't do it. Yeah, Keep absolutely. Square squad. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, like, if the if the feedback's not valid, or if this if the you know if they're not on your square squad for that particular mm. thing, mm. it's not worth it. Do you know what I mean? Because they actually don't have the authority or the experience or the understanding to comment on what you're doing. You know, and yeah. and it's just it's a waste of time. And you probably won't get the feedback that you want. And something that's really important for me, I know, like if I come up with an idea, I I hate it when people deflate that if I think it's a great idea. So that's Mm. why it's I'm careful about who I ask opinions of from certain people. And Mm. um, like even like with Luke, like doesn't have a huge context of like content, for example. So I I wouldn't ask him about like whether this is something good to post because you it's a bit too much, you know, or something like that. So it's really important to make sure that, yeah, like you said, Danny, maybe it's a couple of different squares. You don't get overwhelmed and have the whole board, but for relationships, you know, you might lean on Mm. different people, connections, then for business, you know, another one, and then maybe for Mm. social events. I don't know. It's just about having that, that variety of people around you that you can lean on. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, we also need to be able to validate ourselves as well. And, mm. and you know, Brené Brown talks about in her books, um, stepping into the arena. Just remember, there are a lot of people who have opinions, right, in our oh. life, particularly if they see someone doing well when they don't want to, like, see that that success. Just remember, don't take the advice of people who are not stepping into that arena for battle, okay? Because it's it's tough in there and we we step in there in, in what we do in our day-to-day and so do other people. But I would never take advice from someone all the way in the back in the stands who's just really good at shouting and trying to go against what we're doing. Like, come in here and you have a crack and then we'll have a go. Like, yeah. you know, then it's even playing field. But yeah. just be mindful of the spectators with the loud voices. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of keyboard warriors out there that are so willing to like throw stones at you. And then, you know, I can't remember where I heard this from, but it was something about like stay three steps ahead. So by the time that they're throwing stones at you three steps ago, you're already going, you're already gone. You actually Mm. can't see their stones. That one that's super frustrating for them. Like people are like, Mm. why are you taking on my advice? Because I don't care, you know, and and you can copy and you can do all these things and you can take that and you can throw stones and you can try and get blood out of me, but I'm already gone. And I think it's just really important to, yeah, like just give out your fucks wisely. You know, have you read that book? (laughs) I haven't. The subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really yeah. important to make wisely. sure you, you give them out wisely. Yeah. Mm, yep. Awesome. Um, and then I think, yeah, the last point. So always reinvent yourself. And it doesn't mm. mean go through a midlife crisis all the time and just get tattoos and, you know, cut your hair or whatever. You know, just recognize that this is a journey of continual growth. Okay. And like what you said, always be three steps ahead. 
Um, so continue your journey, continue your growth. Know that this is just a snapshot in time for you and you're going to be a whole new person down the track. And that's what yeah. we want. People say, don't ever change. It's like, well, no, that's not how it works. I want to always change. Yeah, for sure. Innovation, that's the word that comes to me is like be innovative in what you're doing and you have to in this world if you want to make it, or do I dare say make it? If you want to make it, you've got to think laterally. You know, you can't just be a sheep. You can't just follow the crowd. Mm. Otherwise, you blend in with the crowd. It's the ones who take a lateral step and think critically yep. and come up with their own spin. You know, it was incredible. I was watching Sunrise this morning, right? Mm. And a um, little bit of a story. But there was this guy on Sunrise and he was he's come up with this incredible idea of a website that you go on to and it tells you when you can go in and get um, when and where you can get vaccinated in Sydney. Did you see this on Sunrise? No, I don't watch Sunrise anymore. I don't watch the news now. I hear it every day. Tell me. I know. This guy, (laughs) like his 20s or 30s, like young, he's he's made this website where it links all the databases from all the different hospitals and healthcare systems. Mm. You can go onto this website because there's so many lines and um, waiting time for you guys in in Sydney at the moment. You can go onto this website. It'll come up with a list of all the available appointments and you can book in for one. And if someone cancels, for example, it'll come up it'll send you a notification just a really incredible website that's like solved all these problems that's cool can is it used just for that example can you use it for like you should be able to use it for other things like what like that's a good idea wait no but it's got to do with waiting times and lines and things yeah he could you could use that for other you know sporting events or other um you know shops where the lines are massive like how do you yeah i don't know i'm just thinking outside the box for some reason that's a good idea anyway how good sunrise how many like we've got governments we've got it bodies we've got like community case researchers going into depths and they couldn't come up with the main problem of people not being able to get vaccinated because of queues and waiting times and turning people away and etc and missed appointments and this guy's just come in with this new idea and i was just like lateral thinking think laterally so yeah i'm not we won't get into a discussion on what our views are on on any of these topics because cbf another rabbit hole but i love the the idea of the lateral thinking yeah Yeah. (laughs) fantastic that's really good and there is you know we got um these points from the book uh the war of art now uh he finished with a quote saying there's no mystery to turning pro it is a decision brought about by an act of will we make up our minds to view ourselves as pros and we do it simple as that mm, i like it and we just do it just like knife just do it, do it right just, i'm wearing nike just do it baby <laughs> yeah but i think one of the most um like when we go through this one of the most um prominent things that comes up to me is this nothing ever outdoes consistency and hard work you know consistency yes. um we're showing up like with doing the things, even with us standing with podcasting, like mm. what are we up to? 91, yeah, no, episode 91. Like there's just so much that is said with consistency, whether it's training, whether it's business, whether it's learning a new skill, it doesn't matter. Nothing will ever outdo consistency, no matter how hard you work at something. You can make one incredible podcast and launch it, but if you don't show up again and again and again and again, that's it. You know, and that that's what creates or that's what separates the pros from the amateurs, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I just think it's really important to name that from, um, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> How good. Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> Show up. Just uh, do it. Show up. Yeah. Show up. Do 
Awesome. We hope that you did enjoy this podcast. Um, And if you did, please do take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. Thank you.